silent. against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney prior to and during any question. You can't afford one in a court appointment for you. You understand your rights? Your crime street was over, son. Yeah, you thought you had it licked. But it ran in overtime. Warning. Each episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast, may contain descriptions of acts of violence or of a sexual nature and is intended for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. Jim and I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or from some television show. The facts I'm retelling were told to us by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victim. My description of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. What do, you, what do you typically do to prepare for an interview like this? It's my OCD that gets me. So I'll run in different scenarios through my head like a million times on the way I want to put the human face on Barbara Blunt, et cetera. But you have to understand, you know, real life, real crime, and me, I, I'm 12 years late to this dance. We're literally starting from scratch, and that's what we're doing today. Woody and our producer, Toby, are driving to the Blunt property to interview Barbara Blunt's daughter, Christy. Today is Friday, March 6th, and it's 10 a.m. In my mindset, it's like the crime just occurred. Somebody just abducted Barbara Blunt, and I'm doing exactly what I would be doing if I was the homicide detective on the case, which is starting with the family members. You have to exclude the inner circle first and then work your way out. Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. In, I'm going to be doing a very special interview today 
on on the Bar Miss Barbara Blunt's case, what happened to Barbara Blunt. Jim Raffman is not with me today. He's working the case diligently from Orlando, going through the case file and everything that was provided to us by Sheriff Ard. Um, but I'm going to be interviewing Miss Barbara Blunt's daughter, Christy. And so y'all know we're raw and unscripted and unedited. It's not going, nothing's going to be taken out of this interview. And it's, you're going to get what's real. Okay. And now lifers, we need your help. We need, we're going to put the tip, the hotline in today's episode and everything else. Uh, uh, we need your tips. I don't care what it is that you might have heard in the past 11 or 12 years about Miss Barbara Blunt's case or if you have a theory or whatever whatever it is. There's no idea that's dumb. Call it in. Let us work it, okay? That's how we're going to solve this case. Somebody out there knows what happened to Miss Barbara Blunt, and we need your help. you got to step up. Uh, so y'all listen to this today, uh, my interview with Miss Christie, and think about it if it was your mama or your grandmother or your sister or your family member that had been missing for this long. All right, with that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say good morning, Miss Christie. Good morning. Thank you for having me, and, and I really appreciate you. This is not an easy process obviously for you but um i just want to talk to you today about your mama and 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 i want the difference is christy i want people to know who barbara blunt was right i don't i don't just want them to read some newspaper article this is where we get to put the human face on Miss Barbara, right? I mean, I know they run a, a, a news ad on it every year or something like that, not an ad or, or whatever you call it, a, a, a spot on the news, or they may some, somebody may write something about it or whatever, but that doesn't do it justice. I mean, and I'll tell you why. The Ever since I started Real Life Real Crime, I mean, after the first episode, somebody sent me, something saying, hey, are you ever going to do something on Miss Barbara Blunt's case? Now, as the year went on, and we're only a year old, a year and a month, as the, the year went on, the request to work your mama's case kept coming up again and again. And when we started the Cordy Coco case, it went crazy. I mean, I was getting sometimes three people a day hitting me up saying, hey, you know, Miss Barbara was an awesome lady. And I, you know, None of them had the same last name. I'm talking about people just off the, from Livingston Parish and, and, and wherever. They were like, you know, this case needs to be solved, right? And this family needs closure. Can you can you work this? And they got to such a point uh, where I started telling First of all, I didn't have the time. I always knew the case, right, But uh, of the case. But I told them, I said, you need to start. Call, call your sheriff. If you want me to work it, call your sheriff. And evidently they bombarded him. And, and um, as you know, uh, about a month and a half ago, he reached out to me about working this. And then when he and I 
maybe two or three weeks ago, I met with them the first time, started going through the file stuff, and then he and I did the release um, about the, the episode last week about what happened to Barbara Blunt, right? And the, I have to take my hat off to him. I mean, the, um, as you know, years ago, you know, y'all, I met Christy for the first time this week at, at the sheriff's office just to break the ice and to see if you, I could come and sit down and talk to you, et cetera. And um, like I told you then, I used to work as a detective for Livingston before I went as a detective with the state police and um, for Sheriff Ard to take this approach it's pretty big I mean it really is visionary it's unheard of but we've had success right and and the difference is on this one on your mama's case and Courtney Coco's case is we have law enforcement's cooperation they're not fighting us and the uh, so Listeners, I want to tell you something. This case is being worked, and it's being worked. The Sheriff R has assigned a ton of resources to it, but we're working it. Jim and I are working it on our own end also. But to have their help, it is, is it, I think, is really going to give us a leg up. Um, All right, so back to all these people contacting me, independent of each other. It's not like they had a coalition say, let's, you know, hound Woody in the work of Barbara Blunt's case. So uh, that tells me your mama had to be something really special. And I want to learn about her today. And and, um, can you tell me some of your family history, like where you were born and raised here? I, I actually don't know this. My mom was born and raised in Bogalusa. Okay, in Washington Parish, which yes. is only two parishes over mm-hmm. away from here. And then I don't remember what year she moved. She was living with her sister in Denham Springs. Okay. And she met my dad through her brother-in-law. Okay. They dated four months, and then they got married. Really? They were married for 33 years. Wow. And it, it, wow, that's awesome. And um, I know, can you tell the listeners, if you don't mind, what happened to your daddy? He got killed in a car accident. He drove a tanker and he was hit by a train. Right, and it was a pretty traumatic, yes. bad thing, right? Was it St. James or St. John Parish? It's St. Bernard, I think. St. Bernard, okay. And then, um, and then I'm sorry for that. I mean, I How old were you when that happened? I was 26. Right, and that was in 2004, right? Right. And then, then what, did, what did your mama do for a living? At the time, she was working at Southern Eye Center. She was she worked doing glasses and stuff. Okay, because I, I, the reason I asked that is because I don't I think it was just people from Livingston that were contacting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, um, I, I think some from Baton Rouge and different places and, and Hammond. I was like, I don't know what she did, right? She must have really got around. But she, wherever she went, evidently she made an impact on people, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the when they were married 33 years, y'all, y'all were raised out here or, or where? Right next door. Okay, so y'all, so you know, we are... 
uh, I guess you call it the Blunt family property, right? Mm -hmm. And, and the, the, when you say right next door, that was your mama's house? Right. That she went basically, and I hate these, I don't, I'm not trying to be harsh or whatever, but basically she had to be abducted or lured out of that house. So, yes. uh, um, and y'all, when I was outside with Miss Christie right before we started, if you look across the field, you can see the house. It sits off the roadways. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and, and so, I mean, we're actually on that property right now. And so y'all were raised in that house. And it's you and your brother? The house was built when I was three years old. Okay. So. All right. And um, y'all had like, they had like cows and stuff. And we had I cows. Mean, and I mean, we're, we're in a really rural area for the people that are listening, um, way north of Holden. We got to be close to the St. Helena line. Two miles. Two miles. See, I used to patrol all this way back in the day. And I was telling Toby, my producer on the way up here, I said, I, I can tell you a story about just about everywhere up here. <laughs> I did this here and did that there. So, um, you and your brother, that's it? Right. Okay. And, and how far are y'all apart in age? Two and a half years apart. All right. He's older or younger? He's older. All right. And, so you were raised there, and your daddy died in 2004. And what did your mama do um, after your daddy died? She basically just took care of the cows. She still took care of us, even though we were grown. Right. And just took care of the property. Yeah. Cut the grass. She, the, the, I saw the... I might have to call them crime scene photos, original crime scene photos. And when, when you shoot photos like that, you shoot everything from every angle because you never know what, what you might miss or, or need to look at years later on. It's a very nice uh, uh, brick-style you know, country home, but it was, it was immaculate. The, the outside uh, uh, was, was well-kept. The... Um, the, I even saw the tractor in one picture. So she, is that the tractor she used to cut the grass or? The lawnmower. The lawnmower. Mm -hmm. okay. And then uh, the the inside of the house was almost like OCD clean. Everything was spaced right. But she's that kind of person. She was always clean. Everything had to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, on the day that she went missing, wasn't she supposed to be doing some type of spring cleaning or something? She was cleaning out the cabinet that had all of her pots in it. Yeah. And so, but y'all, the, the, the pictures, the inside of this house, uh, boy, my wife would kill me for saying this, but I mean, that like you said, my house is lived in, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's not that, uh, you know, obviously she lived there, but man, it was just so, uh, you could tell she took pride in it. She I get, did. was she always like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you tell me about growing up, what kind of mama she was? Or? She was, she was a great mom. She always took care of us, made sure our, she even washed and dried all our clothes. Yeah. She fixed supper every day, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah. You know? What was what was the, your favorite thing that she cooked? Crawfish etouffee. Really? Yes. Y'all boil the crawfish yourselves or? She would buy the packs. Yeah, yeah. So. And she would make it. Hers was the only etouffee that I would eat. Really? Now everything's changed. It's, you yeah. know, it's different. But I would only eat her crawfish etouffee and her chicken and dumplings. Wow, chicken! I bet she could make a mean pot of chicken and dumplings. Huh? Were, That's good really country. Good. Country. I'm now I'm from the countryside, and uh, 
um, from the East Lucian of Harris. And, mm-hmm. and so that almost as rural as this. Um, so evidently everybody liked her. Can you tell me about her personality? I don't think she had any enemies. She was straightforward. She always did what was right. And if it was wrong, she would tell you it was wrong. Right. She was a Christian. She went to church every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday. She was at church unless she was sick. Right. And I heard that she's a very Christian lady and and um, of strong character. You know? She read her Bible every day. Yeah. Said her prayers every morning and every night before she went to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. First of all, I'm going to tell you this, and I told you this the other day, and I should have started out with this. I am, I truly am sorry, and I can't imagine, and I'm blessed that my mama's still alive. Uh, um, obviously, I'm a lot older than you, and the, I actually called her the other day after I left. Uh, our interview, right? You know, and I think I, I should try to call him every day because you just don't know. But then, but it would be one thing to lose my mom at old age. It's it's a whole different nightmare that you're living. And can um, and it's like ripping off a scab for you. I, I know you miss her every day, and and. But can you take, let, let's go back to that time and, and just tell me what you remember about it or that day or. Uh, I left for work. Well, it, it, this is May the. May 2nd. May 2nd, 2000. 2008. 2008. I would always go up there, you know, before I left for work. I didn't have to be at work till 10 or 11. She would always make sure we had something to eat before we went to work. That's and awesome, I had right? A little dog, and I would always drop my dog off up there so she could watch her, wow. and then pick her up on the way home. And I ate, and she was had some pots out on the floor. She said, "You know, whenever I, you leave, I'm gonna finish cleaning out my cabinets. Yeah. You know, my pots in." And I said, "Okay." I told her bye, I kissed her bye, and I left, and I went to work. Yeah. And then after work, it, well, when I got to work, it started raining hard. Mm-hmm. So I think it was around one or one thirty. I always, I'm, I worried about her all the time. I would always call and check on her. I started calling when she didn't answer. But did you call her cell phone or house phone? I called both. Okay. And I, I called till probably about three o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then I is I that called. unusual for her not to answer? Yes, very unusual. Okay. And sometimes she would go to Dental Springs and take my aunt shopping or wherever she needed to go. Well, I called and she wasn't there. And I called my brother, and he hadn't heard from her. And I called my other aunt in Bogalusa. Nobody had heard from her. Mm-hmm. So my cousin that lives next door, I called him. And I said, could you go check? I said, I'm leaving work, and I'm coming home. So he went to check. He called me when he got there. I told him where the key was. He said, her car is here. He said, just stay on the phone with me. He said, her car is here? I mean, not her car. Her car is not here. Okay. And he said, just stay on the phone with me. And he said the door is locked, but it's open. So it was it was it was locked, but it wasn't pulled to. Right. Okay. At the time, you had to pull it really hard mm-hmm. for it to latch. And he walked in. He said it's raining. The windows are open. Mm-hmm. 
and there was pots on the floor. So, well, she was cleaning her pots, you know, yeah. cleaning out her cabinet where her pots were. So he shut the windows because it was raining inside the house. Right. And he was hollering for her, and he said, I don't see her. And I said, just walk through the house. So he said, just stay on the phone with me, you know, while I walk through the house. And he said, she's not here. I said, well, I don't know where she's at. I said, I'm coming home. What well, you know, he left, and he went back home, and he said, don't go to the house. Come to my house. So I went to his house, and he was calling. You know, he said, I'm going to call and, you know, make a report. Well, I went to his house, and whenever I was staying there, the deputy passed, and he was on the phone with him. He said, you just passed my house. And he said, wait. And he said, we're going to another call. They had two calls. Somebody had seen her car, and they called. Mm -hmm. And they, they put two and two together, and they realized that that was her car. Mm -hmm. Okay. And tell me about where that car was. It was probably, probably less than a quarter of a mile down on Hunting Club Road, but it was pulled off in between two trees. Right. But that, that road, that hunting club road, do they call it the CC road? Or do you know what they call it? We called it number seven. Right. All right. And I that, think it's that's Mel not Ray far. Road or something. Yeah, that's not far from here. No. Uh, uh, about, about how far, if you had to guess? Less than a quarter of a mile. Less than a quarter of a mile. And so somebody was going down the Hunting Club Road and called it in? or did They were that? going down the main road, mm -hmm. and they just happened to see it, and they thought somebody had ran off, you know, right. in there. And when they came back, you know, his mom was with him. She said, don't go down there. And she looked, and the keys were out by the road on the ground. So when when the deputy said, we're, we're responding to a, a car, y'all went down there? My cousin did. Okay. And what's his name? Raymond. Okay. And and then um, is your brother's name Raymond? Also? Ricky. Ricky. Okay. The so he went down there, and then what did he tell you happened? When he came back and he said it was her car down there. Yeah. He said she's not down there, but it's her car. Okay. And he said we don't know where she was at, and that's when, you know, I started calling everybody to see if they heard from her. Or... Tell me about the keys again. The keys were laying in the gravel. But they were by the road. Okay. And that's what, you, that's what your cousin told you? That's what um, the lady up the road, when she came back with her son, she saw him laying there. Okay. And do, you, do you know her name? Christine. Okay. And then, um, so what were you thinking? I, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I know she just didn't just draw her car off there. Right. So that was just not like her. Right. So at this at this time, you know she's not at home. The windows are left open. It's raining, and from my understanding, it's like the mother of all rainstorms. Yeah. It said it rained like twelve inches in an hour, which is, you know, that's flash flood stuff guaranteed, right? Mm -hmm. um, the and so the listeners know by the time the sheriff's office got there. And before they could get a tow truck there, it rained so hard, the water came up so fast, it actually flooded into the front of your mama's car and all the way up into the floorboard, the front seat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like, it was like, I don't want to say the perfect storm uh, as, as far as destroying evidence and stuff. Mm -hmm. you know, these guys had everything working against them. And 
the about, about what time is it now if you can remember probably about 4.30 alright so still would have been plenty of daylight so yeah. you're, you're at your cousin's house mm-hmm. what, what, what's going on there's my aunts and uncles are coming my brother showed up because he was at work it's just everybody was coming trying to figure out what do we do next right you know what where do we go look for and, and were the cops telling you anything I think they just said they were looking trying to figure out who at what happened right and they they I think they went up to the house to look around the house did they did they tell you not to go to the house or anything like that they didn't go to the house they told y'all not to, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And so I guess everybody's pretty freaked out at this point. Right. And then, and then what do you do? You just, you pray. Right. Pray that, you know, she just shows up or, you right. know, you, did, you don't know what happened to her. Right. You didn't know if she was sick or anything, but I mean. But she she wasn't sick, though. No. And, 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 and matter of fact, she was pretty healthy she was healthy yeah and and she was 58 years old right and and really good health I mean she worked in the yard all the time obviously took care of the cows and had a garden and everything else right I mean she was very active and she's she's, she had no mental issues no 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 history of it so there's no there's no theory like it was Alzheimer's or something like that or whatever so you have a healthy and vibrant beautiful life-loving lady 58 years old a whole lot of life left left to live and and she's gone and um what what happened the rest of the day that i think some of it's kind of blurred out yeah just whatever you can remember we we couldn't go up there till i think it was nine or ten o'clock and they told us her phone was still there. At the house. That's that's not like her. She right. would not go off and leave her phone. When she went somewhere, she would let me know she was going somewhere. Because mm-hmm. she knew, you know, we always worry. And it's, we had people just, a lot of people just staying with us. Mm-hmm. You know, and waiting. We couldn't do any searches until, I think, the next day. The day after, because, because of the rain right. and the water. Right. And, and, and it was like bad rain. Let me ask you this. The would she have ever gone anywhere without her glasses? Yeah. I mean that's I mean, she had to have her glasses. Can mm-hmm. you tell me? What but tell me about her vision and her glasses? I mean she could see without her glasses, right. but she could see, you know, right. it made it where she could see really good. But she always had them on unless she was sleeping. Right. And she would take them off. Right. So, her glasses, her cell phone, and what about her purse? Her purse was gone. Her purse was gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in, but the cell phone and the glasses were there. Were the glasses there? They were there? I don't remember. Yeah. And then and let me ask you this: the the house, as any good, you know, my house uh, is an example. I mean, you walk in the door, first thing you see in 
or deer heads on the wall and in a gun cabinet, right? Mm-hmm. The your mama's house, she had a, the gun cabinet. I mean, um, one of the pictures, she had a pistol on uh, the dresser. I mean, if some stranger pulled up her house, what, what would she have done? If she didn't know him, she wouldn't open the door. Right. And then, I mean, she certainly wasn't a stranger to a firearm, right? right? She, if something would happen. And she, she knew how to use it. Right. And, and the, what do you think? What do you think, without saying any kind of suspects' names or anything like that, that you think, what do you think could have happened to Miss Barbara to get her out of the house like that and leave her phone and her other items and leave the door open? Somebody had to have taken her. She's not gonna, she wouldn't willingly go with somebody unless they possibly would have threatened her that they had one of us. Okay. It, it, um, so it's clear there's no, there's nothing evidence-wise in the house. The house, like I said, was immaculate except for the pots on the floor and the one little phone. Uh, like a cordless phone or something that was by the there's no blood there's no uh, there's no trace of anything yeah. and there's not in the doorway or whatever so the it's not like they shot her and, and right there and then drug her off or something because there would have been evidence right? right and so in figuring out what happened to Robert Blunt I'm just trying to understand how they could have got her out. It, it seems to me like she left in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Whether it's if somebody came and said, like you said, we got your kid, or maybe maybe they said, hey, one of your cows is out, or something like that. Does that ever happen? Or I mean, not uh, normally. Yeah. The I, um, I just don't understand. I'm trying to figure it out myself, right? Mm-hmm. See, I'm I'm almost 12 years late to this investigation. And to me, I'm starting to square one, right? Mm-hmm. And in uh, which is talking to you, um, can you tell me what what happened in the days that followed? We just, I think there was three days that we just walked in the woods, waited in the water, looking for any kind of piece of evidence, hire a shoe. Anything. Right, and it was a lot. A lot of people came out and volunteered, yes. Yes. and the helicopters were up, and the um, the uh, ne- uh, necrosearch dogs came from Texas. I mean, there was a lot mm-hmm. of people, right? Right. And, and nothing. Nothing. Nothing was found. But again, there's nothing more powerful or more destructive than moving water, and it was it flooded. I mean, mm-hmm. it literally flooded. Not as bad as like in 2016. I don't know how you all did up here in 2016, but the but the water came up so fast. I talked to some of the law enforcement guys that were there, and they said it's just unbelievable. They'd never seen it like that uh, at that time. And the water came up and stayed up a little bit, 
and, and then so you have that working against you. Um, but you would figure that what well, everybody up here hunts, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I guarantee you there's not an acre around this area that somebody doesn't have at least or run dogs on or squirrel hunt or rabbit hunt or whatever people spend time in the woods. I know that's, that's why I was raised. Mm -hmm. You would figure in time somebody would have stumbled across something if right. she was in that area. Right. What do you think? I don't think she's around here. Like you said, we would have found something. Right, right. And, and you see, lifers, the, the one thing is there's no such thing as a perfect crime. It seems perfect to this point. The bad guy or bad guys or girls, whatever, whoever, whomever they are, they've gotten away with it mm -hmm. to this point. But there's no such thing as a perfect crime. And obviously she's not in this area. So that means somebody had to move her. Right. All right. And that means somebody knows something. Okay. And th those people have family members. They, they may have told something over the years or you know, a, a lot of times cases like this, somebody will get drunk and let something slip. And uh, or, you know, a wife may feel that their husband was acting funny at the time. And this is what we need. We need people to get em emotionally involved about Miss Barbara and you and your family's pain and and, um, and to call in any kind of tip, no matter how small, if it's just a hunch y'all have or a thought or an idea, you it may be it's not it's not silly. It may be the idea or the the, the piece that we need to break this case open. Um, can you tell me? What you miss most about your mama? I miss seeing her every day. Yeah. And and you have kids now? Yes, I have two. And your mama never got to meet them? Never did. I mean... She loved kids. And that's all she wanted was grandkids. And now she has four. I bet she would have been the best grandmama. What do you think they're called? A granny or grandma? Probably mama. Mama? We would have never seen them if she was still alive. They would always be at our house, I'm sure. Mama, I bet she have spoiled them riding. But, but, but she... She would have. She would have been... But she, and, but she would have been stern with them mm -hmm. and raised them right, right? Right. It's okay, it's okay. And I mean, the, um, this is what people need to know. You know, so do you? What, what do you tell your kids about about your mama? I, I tell them, you know, the truth. I explain to them what happened. That we don't know where she's at, because they're old enough to understand it. Yeah. I mean, they talk about her. They ask about her. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And what do they ask? They ask if they would do something, and I tell them. Well, if your mama was here, you know, you wouldn't be doing that. Yeah. And they just want to know how she was and, you know, what she did and yeah. about her mama and daddy. Yeah. Just. And um, about. The oldest was probably about two. It was December, I think, of 2011. 
I had went to the cemetery to put flowers on my daddy's grave. And my little girl was only about four months old and she was asleep so I left her in the car. And my little boy was with me, he was getting, you know, leaves off the grave. He was happy and we'd been there for a few minutes. The wind started blowing. Well, he's, he acted like he got scared. He said, Mama, I want to go. Is you ready to go? Yeah, I want to go. Bye-bye. I said, what's wrong? He said, I'm, I'm ready to go. I said, something scared you? He said, yeah. We got in the car and we left. And I said, what scared you? He said, that lady. I said, what lady? He said, the lady back there. I said, he said, she talked to me. I said, what did she say? He said, she told me she loved me. And I just, I cried all the way home. Yeah. And we got home and my husband showed him a picture of mama. He said, Junior, is this who you saw? He said, yeah, Mama Barbara, I saw her. She told me she loved oh, me. Oh, my God. I and got, it's just... I got goosebumps. To the, oh, he doesn't remember it this day. Yeah. But I said, a two-year-old can't make no, a story no, 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 like no, that. No, 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 And, you know, they, they no. say uh, children are much more perceptive to um, spirits or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call them. But she, 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 he said, she told me she loved me. And then when he got home, he... He, he knew what was her. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, he doesn't, he doesn't remember it happening. Yeah. But the... Golly, I don't know what to say about that. That's, that's amazing. I mean, it made... I mean... She would have been the best mama right. in the world, right? And then, and then it, to reach such love, to reach from the other side and, and be able to tell your son that is really awesome. I mean, I believe, I, I know what I know, and I believe that that is certainly possible. Never would have thought that would ever happen. Yeah. The, um... As the years went on, how did it make you feel? And and, and at what at what point did they declare her legally dead and, and, and all that? It was probably about two or three years after she went missing. Yeah. They declared her legally dead. That's gonna be tough, even though I mean mm -hmm. you know, right? But then to say. I, I know in my heart she's not on earth anymore. Right. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know where she's at. Yeah. You know, she's. I'm at. I'm at peace with that right, part. Right. 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 So. Yeah. What bothers me the most is, I don't know how it ended. I know. Did she suffer? I know. Was it quick? Cause she would have put up a fight. Yeah. She wouldn't. She would just took it. 
That, that's what really drives you, huh? And I get that. Mm-hmm. The, I'll tell you this, I'll share this with you. I always wondered about my, what I call high-risk victims, uh, the high-risk lifestyles of the victims of murder, and I always wondered that last second that they called and Jesus would come to them, you know? And then I wrote a book uh, about, because when I died on the table in 2009 and my experience with it wouldn't happen, so I can tell you this, uh, the love that you have for your babies and the love that you have for your mama won't touch the love that your mama's feeling with Jesus right now. And, and I do not believe that he, he let her suffer, okay? stuff for you. Okay. Um, and I, I, the, I, this is why you need to do this. I want to know, and I want you to know, good, bad, or indifferent, I okay. want you to know what happened to oh, Barbara Blunt. And I got the goosebumps again. The, the, the um, I hope you, I hope she got a good luck in on her. You know what I mean? Is the, the, it, or, or it was just so swift in this or whatever. I don't know, but you know what? We're going to find out. And we're going to make them pay. All right? Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die on my deathbed working this case. All right. I'm not going to get off of it. And Jim Rapp is not going to get off of it. The, I told you this the other day. All of our victims' families become our families. Because, uh, I mean, you and I are going to be close. Uh, I met you the other day. I liked your, your spirit and everything immediately. But you having me out here today and ripping off the wounds and, and crying and sharing these most intimate thoughts with me that makes my heart open up even to you more and we're going to be together a lot and, then, and if you want to call me and just talk to me and I say hey Woody you know what about this and I'm a good listener alright okay. and we're family from this point alright okay. and um, anything else that, I, know, I know you got probably a thousand thoughts in your head but anything else you want people to know about your mama she was just the the kindest the sweetest lady you'd ever meet she's yeah. just there's not a mean bone in her body yeah. she would do anything she could to help somebody right and nobody deserves to be abducted and murdered but your mama is like you know even the people that live the high-risk lifestyles and, and when they get murdered, they're still victims, but your mama is on the opposite end of the scale, mm-hmm. right? I mean, she's like the last person anybody would expect this to happen to. You see it happening to everybody else, and you said, that'll never happen, you know, and then it does. 
dealing with every day and wondering, you know, who did it? Am I looking at this person? They could walk up and talk to you, and they could be the ones that did it. I know. And and let me tell you this: everybody is a suspect except when I'm working a case and, and Jim. Um, everybody is a suspect except for me and Jim, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, you're saying that, and I get that. That's see, people don't. We can't get that when from a news release, right? When they said Barbara Blunt's been missing X amount of years, you can't get. The fact that the family lives with this, this is everyday pain. And not only your, your grandbaby's not getting to know their grandmama, the mama, um, but you haven't always wondered. I mean, you literally have to look at the house. You you literally probably, you know, think, how did they get her out of here? You know, mm-hmm. what happened? What are her last seconds like? Um, who did it? And, jeez. They had to be watching to know that everybody was gone, you know? And it's an eerie feeling to know you've been watched for several days and you don't know who it is. Right. Let me ask you this. Um, did you notice anything out of normal? Right before it happened with your mama? Mm-mm. Okay. And then, so you're here, and now you got a pretty good guard dog out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, the, um, you're here today by yourself just like your mama was all those years ago. My doors stay locked. Yeah. Well, a lock keeps an honest man honest. As soon as I walk in, it locks. Yeah. And... I don't know. The, um, I promise you, we're not gonna get off of it. And I'm gonna be calling you all the time. I'm gonna be like, hey, Chris, you know, Chris, see this, this, and this, because that's how my brain works. So don't hate me. And then sometimes you're probably gonna get mad at me. And sometimes I maybe get mad at you, but we have to agree to disagree and mm-hmm. and move on. All right. Uh, it's not gonna be an easy process. It never is. And it's not like it's in the movies. This is real life real crime and it's your industry real pain that you're dealing with man if these your lifers you got to do call in what you know you're older now you probably have kids of your own family your own and maybe your mama's passing it since this happened or whatever call in you somebody knows something you gotta call it in if we can you ask them? Can you do it? If you know anything or have heard of anything, just please call and let let them know so they can check it out and we can find out who did this. Right. And, and what happened to Barbara Blunt. So lifers, you, you can be totally anonymous. Yes, we have the cooperation of Sheriff Hard and the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office, but I'm not... I don't have to turn, I don't have to follow law enforcement rules. I do not have to turn over my sources to them or anything like that. I don't have to turn anything over to them. But so if you want to remain anonymous, that is totally fine. I do not care. If you want your name in it, 
that's totally fine too. I'll do that. But whatever you tell me, or Jim Raffman, it it'll die with us if you don't want your name in it, et cetera. I don't care who you are. Uh, I, I care about what you know. So y'all got to help us. Christy, anything else? Yeah. Okay. All right. And um, I appreciate you. Stay strong. I know it's. I know you live with the pain every day, but I know this makes it fresher, right? And it's gonna get. It's gonna get worse, but it gets better. And we're gonna. But again, we're not gonna get off of it. And I know this also. Whoever killed Miss Barbara. You already know about this podcast, and you already know. You're listening. You're probably going to be the first one to listen on the episode each week. Guess what, guys? We're coming for you. The best thing you can do is go ahead and turn yourself in now. Explain it as an accident or or whatever, but we're coming for you. We're not going to stop. There are things moving in this case right now, Chrissy, that, that... I'm not even going to share with you about. Um, we're working so many tips. We haven't even asked officially for the tips yet, the, like we're doing today. We're going to start pushing it on social media and everything, and we have so many that have come in. People are really interested and really they want to find out what happened to your mama also. But I sitting here and getting to actually put the human face on your mom and the human face on you and your pain are, they're probably going to melt our tip line and that's what we want y'all and hey bad guys we're coming and we're not going to stop and I appreciate you, you. alright everybody I'm your host Woody Overton real life real crime the podcast and I'm begging you call in what you know no matter how big no matter how small hunch, idea, whatever it is, call it in or email it to me, Woody at realliferealcrime.com or Jim at realliferealcrime.com and we'll be posting the hotline number on all our social media, etc. You can totally remain anonymous. We can bring this home, people. Um, you saw what you did in, in Courtney Coco's case and justice for Courtney Coco as always but let's find out what happened to Barbara Blunt and right now a brand new Tom Play original that's dropping right now on Spotify iTunes and everywhere else y'all this song is special because Tom Play wrote it about someone that died too soon and kind of fits in with Courtney Coco and Miss Barbara Blunt and till next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. Your smile, that's what I'm gonna miss more than anything else out of all this. The little jokes only you and I would get You were the 
would lean on Guess I never thought you would be gone Losing you is a lot to face alone I don't want to walk away But I don't have a choice it seems All I really want to know is why If I could have one True Crime Podcast brought to you weekly by Woody Overton, Jim Rathman, and executive producer Toby Tomplay. 